0: Uh, verse 17, verses 17 through 25, Um, on the first day of unleavened bread, sorry, the disciples came to Jesus saying, where do you want us to make the preparations for you to eat the Passover? Excuse me. He said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is near. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he took his place with the 12 and while they were eating, he said, truly I tell you one of you will betray me. And they became greatly distressed and began to say to him one after another, surely not I Lord, He answered the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The son of man goes at, as it is written of him, but woe to that one by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been better for that one not to have been born Judas who betrayed him said, surely not I rabbi. He replied, you have said so. Uh, There's something everyone says after reading scripture. I I never remember what that is. The word of God from the people of God. Thank you kindly. Thank you for listening, I guess.
1: Thank you, Sherelle. You are a blessing. The spirit is moving this morning. her first video, but there's a lot of reasons why I like TikTok. One is because uh, I follow different people. Like there's McLever, he's a Bible scholar, um, and I love listening to his uh, uh, videos every day. Um, there's also the pastors like Brandon Lee, who's the first first gay pastor like I saw, um, and and I have his books, and he's wonderful um great insights and I use TikTok mostly for that. Except if you know me as well. And I like a little bit of the cheese man I like a little bit of the gossip. And so TikTok is very entertaining for that. Sometimes I've spent hours on it. Um, and lately there was a hoping master's height, Hailey Beaver, and Selena Gomez, and all them ladies were having um TikTok battle. There was like Mean Girl. A lot of side eye from each of them. Uh, They were throwing shade at each other. There were clapbacks happening. Anyway, I did that for hours and hours, sometimes a day. Um, Mostly, uh, mostly because of the betrayal that was happening between these two friends. And uh, and today. Kind of want to talk a little bit about betrayal, and what that is, and why uh, Jesus would be talking about this in Matthew 26. So will we pray with me. God of many names and God of power and might and whispers and silence, God, I ask that Your Holy Spirit would move in this place that we would. Um, grab a special nugget of wisdom from the words that we will uh, hear today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, So we're in this chapter of Matthew 26, which I think is a little bit early, because next week is really uh, Palm Sunday, but we're all going to be together at another church celebrating with them. Um, So I kind of wanted to get into this a little earlier. Today, so uh, we end our sermon series called "Jesus Said What?" Today, and so it's about questions that we might have about stuff that Jesus said, and um, kind of wrestle with Scripture together. And this is one that I really wrestled with for a long time, and so we're going to continue our journey because it's Lent, and we turn towards the cross, and we we look inward. And we also look outward. And so growing up Catholic, when I thought about Lent and when I think about going in, uh, when I would go into the the Catholic church growing up, you would see a huge cross. And Jesus was hanging from it. And you would see the scars and there would be some blood going through there. Um, Mel Gibson's passion was... um, uh, um, kind of came out of his Catholic upbringing. And so if any of you saw that, I did, I, when, I don't know when it came out, but I remember seeing it It was gruesome. It was hard to watch. Um, but go- growing up Catholic, that is what we watched. It was the cross and Jesus was on it. Now, next week we're going to uh, Grace United Methodist Church and, uh, and look at the cross there. Most Protestants don't have Jesus hanging on the cross. Uh, It's usually an empty cross and when we wear a cross, it's usually an empty cross. And that's mostly because we kind of know and we kind of will say that Jesus is no longer there, that he's risen. And so I think like those are the two differences, but Matthew's passion story. If you read through it, um, it emphasizes a bunch of different things. Uh, the features that come together in this, um, in this scripture and throughout the book and throughout the passion story, um, is, is not as gruesome as the other, uh, the other books. It's more about the reluctance. Of the of the disciples to deal with the crucifixion and with the suffering that Jesus went through but the more the, the story always ends happily after after and that Jesus always abides with us and he even feeds us even through all of that and so uh, even though we minimize the cross um, we we hang different things around our neck but when I think about the ways that this story in Matthew is told. It's kind of like a PG-13 version of the cross, PG-13 version of, of the passion. Empty of the blood, no mention of whipping really in that. And sometimes I even have to admit that I like to eliminate blood language because one, it triggers me from growing up, um, but two, I I still am wrestling with the words and the concept of blood and whipping and all of that. And I rather just concentrate on resurrection and Easter. But Matthew keeps the story of the story of the cross uh, free from violence, and what the gospel does show us, though, is that his followers and his disciples couldn't endure what they were seeing, and so we see the story through the eyes of the disciples. And so, at the beginning of the scripture, Jesus takes takes his place at the table with his twelve disciples, and includes Judas, who we know um, before this made plans to betray Jesus. Into the chief priest. so if you imagine what was happening um, around that time thousands and thousands of people were coming into Jerusalem because it was one of their special holidays of three holidays that there were and people would come to the city of Jerusalem to celebrate Passover sometimes uh, scholars said that up to two million people would be there and with each family they would carry a little lamb because that lamb had to be uh, eaten for Passover. So imagine the sounds of, of people sleeping outside in tents and being outside of the temple and sheep and, um, and people kind of cooking this and getting it ready. That's what was happening at this time. Excitement, celebration. And Pontius Pilate, who didn't live there, he ruled from another city but because of this holiday, he would, come to, uh, he would come to Jerusalem to make sure that there was peace and no one would uh, get out of hand. And so he would bring his soldiers with him. And we see all of that kind of set itself up, right, for the cross. And so for days before this feast, Jewish law said that you had to purify yourself. And there was different ways of doing that. The Passover also was about giving alms and, and giving to the poor. And so the disciples were all in the, in the time of purification. And right before this meal is when that story of the alabaster jar is broken. And remember that the disciples got got mad because this woman poured out this very expensive perfume that could have been given to the poor. Well, this is why they were angry because in this week of purification, they had to think about the poor. They had to think about themselves. And so in their mind, they're like, wait, we have to give that to, to the poor, not on ourselves. It's our time of purification of this ritual. And so then, um, then we get to this, this special dinner, and it's, it's this special dinner that Jesus tells his disciples, one of you is going to betray me. Um, they got really disturbed. And one by one, they started asking, not me, Lord. Right? One by one, one after another, not me, Lord. And then he says, the one that dips his hand into the bowl with me is the one that's going to betray me. Now, um, he doesn't point out a specific disciple because every one of them dipped into the bowl with him it's like if i said anyone uh one of you betrayed me whoever came in through the front door and all of you would be looking at each other except andrew (laughs) He see just shared testimony so jesus identifies here the betrayer as someone that's close to him a friend and so while all the disciples call him lord we see that judas actually at the end of that uh questioning he says not me right rabbi something's going to happen because he stopped calling him lord verses ago and so we see the betrayal start to set itself up but what do you what comes to mind when you think about betrayal probably someone betraying you, someone um, um, that causes you pain or violating your trust, or maybe even someone that broke your heart or someone that was unfaithful. All of those things are a betrayal, but one definition that really sticks out to me is the definition that says to fail, um, and another to violate by unfaithfulness. And these are the two, and sometimes as friends, our needs are met through each other. It's kind of transactional, but it is a give and take. That I give you something from my heart, but you I also receive from you. That's what a relationship is, and that's what a friendship is. That's even what marriage is, right? You give back and forth. Now, what happens sometimes is that you're not receiving as much as you're giving to your friend. And so betrayal kind of can set in there. But the only way that you can really be betrayed is if you invest in someone, if you're giving everything to them, and you take this risk of betrayal. Because you're at least, you're not going to be betrayed by a stranger. Because you're not invested in them. You don't care what they think. You don't, um, you don't um, even probably wouldn't even notice if someone did that. But in friendship, when you invest your energy, when you invest your time, when you invest all of your resources and you get nothing in return, betrayal happens. You, be, you fail. And so the degree of hurt you feel when you're betrayed is proportional to how much you invested in that friendship. And so imagine Jesus gave it all For his disciples. And so he knows that the level of betrayal that is about to happen is going to be big. And so for us, Lent, like Passover for them, is a time of looking inward. It is a time to go deeper with God. And that means that um, it's time uh, for us to reflect. For us to kind of think. For us to prepare our hearts and our mind for Good Friday and for Easter. And so we turn our gaze inward and we turn our gaze towards the cross but are we like Judas and we want to have a Jesus that's not too close to us we want to call him rabbi instead of calling him Lord because we don't want to face the reality of our betrayal to God and so you might ask me how am I betraying Jesus? Uh, same question that the disciples said. Um, to me, if you all know me, the way that I think that you betray Jesus is if you uh, choose not to love God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your body. And secondly, when you choose not to love your neighbor neighbor as yourself. And so the moment that you don't confront black, anti-blackness in your mind, that's betrayal. You're not loving the person next to you, your neighbor. And so we, we betray Jesus sometimes when we'd rather watch TV than read through our daily Lenten Bible readings um, that we have on the church app, downloaded on Apple and iTunes today. Um, we also betray Jesus when we look away when an injustice is being done. And sometimes it just feels like so much is injustice is being done that we don't can't handle it but each of these disciples they missed the point of this meal you know they they prepared it it took them all day to prepare this lamb I don't know if you any of you have made like a big lechong. it takes hours and hours to roast this big pork that we eat at Christmas time they took hours to prepare this table to prepare for the feast and We know that during that time, Judas sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. But what about the other disciples? In what ways do you think that they betrayed Jesus? Well, we know Peter did some sort of something, right? But when you look at the cross, all of the male disciples disappeared. Not one of them stayed with Jesus. Side note. The women in this story, they all stayed. They all participated. They were all at the cross. The disciples, though, they missed the point of this meal. A time to tell the truth about ourselves. A time to ask for forgiveness. And so Passion Sunday then becomes a time where we pause. A time where we look and we witness the atrocity that happened to Jesus. That God with us was humiliated. God with us was tortured, executed, and buried. And hard words, because like, like I said, those are words and images that I said I no longer wanted to, to witness. But if we wanted to appreciate what it means for God to dwell with us in all glory, We have to look at the horror of this cross, and it's time to sit still, time to hear this story. And so, the the goodness of that is that we can reflect, we can lean into this discomfort because Jesus stays with us no matter what. However uncomfortable we are, Jesus will stay with us, amen?